Voison Media. This is Coming Out Stories. It's a podcast about one of the most important conversations of your life. I'm Emma Goswell. Time now to hear from Rachel. They're in their 50s, live near York and work as a forklift driver. Rachel identifies as being partially gender fluid or a cross-dresser. They've only recently come out though and still haven't told their best friend of 45 years. I've never really thought about it a great deal up until me discovering last last year who I am I've, I've never actually come across the terms like um, uh, non-binary or gender fluid and I've never really thought about it that much um, I don't know if there's such a terminology as maybe partially gender fluid Is well that... I think we're all, we're all inventing our own terms a little bit these days aren't we Rachel so you you identify as you wish yeah it's like everything you know you know everything has to be sort of like put into a box and labeled these days but I guess partially gender fluid would maybe perhaps describe how I feel or how I am at the moment. And how does that sort of manifest itself then? So some days you dress as a man and completely identify as a man and other days you don't? Yeah, most of the days I do actually uh, dress as a man. And it's normally on weekends that I will dress as, dress as Rachel. It just goes with the flow. Some weeks it can actually go into weeks of just being a man. Hmm. And then, yet, during the, the week, I'll get a yearning to dress as Rachel at the weekends. How long have you been doing that for them? I've basically been cross-dressing from, like, the start up until what I am now for roughly about 40 years. 40 years? So when you were a child or when you were a teenager? Uh, yeah, basically when I was, I guess, around about 13 or 14 years old. You know, you're, you're just starting out exploring things and uh, as well as finding out about girls at that age I, for whatever reason I also had a, an interest in female clothing I don't know why but I just wanted to explore that and it was a case of uh, you know just trying on you know various items of clothing that you you know of, of your mother's all in secret obviously <laughs> what what was it about women's clothing do you think I honestly do not know, but I know from when I was at, at that age, I was like at secondary school. That was like in the late 70s, early 80s. And back then, a lot of the older girls who were like in the fourth, fifth and sixth form years. I know this might sound strange, but this is what uniform was like back in those days. You know, they'd wear like pencil skirts, stockings or tights, and they'd actually wear stiletto coat shoes for school. Obviously, that was of interest to me. And, you know, you'd, you'd be walking behind these girls and you'd think, you know, looking at them, you think, yeah, I'd really like to try wearing that myself at some stage. And it, it sort of like manifested it from there. And did you ever, like, say this to anyone at school? Oh, hell no. No, that was an absolute no-no. Because back in them days, if you had have actually said that to anybody at, at school, you can guarantee... Your life wouldn't have been worth living. You know, right. it'd have been round the... Honestly, it was that bad in them days. What era are we talking? And let's let's talk about whereabouts you were in the country or the world. I've lived in York, all, in and around York all my life. This period would be late 70s, early 80s. Even back in them days, my parents' ideology was that they'd lived through like the Second World War and their mentality was, you know, even homosexuality, when they were growing up, was illegal. Men dressing in women's clothes, which back in them days was termed as a transvestite, 
to be honest, that was in a lot of cases regarded as a completely darker taboo than being homosexual. Uh, to be honest, you'd maybe be classed as a sexual deviant. It really was a dark taboo. You, you know, you could not come out to anybody and, and I guess, li live with it because, one, you'd just be ridiculed and everybody would think you're, you're like a freak. And so did you always do it in secret then? Oh, yes, always, always. <laughs> if you like, I was quite lucky in some respect in that uh, my family used to follow the local rugby team and every every Sunday afternoon they'd go out to watch the rugby so I could more or less guarantee they'd be out of the house for a good three or four hours at the most. So then that would be my time where I could you know, actually go and dress up as such in complete privacy. There was a couple of close shaves where like the match had been cancelled or something and they came home earlier than expected. But uh, <laughs> Did you ever go out then? No. No, it was all it was all just done in the privacy the privacy of the home. And does this impact on your sexuality at all or is it not connected? Do you identify as a straight male? Um Yes, I would say pretty much so, yes. Yeah. I would do. You, you hesitated a bit there, but I mean, be honest. If you if you're pansexual or you, you know, it's no, I've, uh, no, I've always regarded myself as as straight, just with the uh, side interest. <laughs> <laughs> so, has there been ever a stage where you've been able to to come out and to tell everyone that you are a well? Would you describe yourself as a cross dresser or transvestite? Transvestite seems like a very old term, doesn't it? Yes, going back to what we what we were just saying that. Uh, in my mind, transvestite is, is the old world terminology for it. And I, mm. I think most people accept that cross-dresser is the accepted uh, term for it these days. And I would consider myself as a, as a cross-dresser, yes. And well, how does it make you feel, Rachel, when you actually you know, dress as Rachel and you look at yourself in the mirror? What, what is the change going on psychologically for you? For me, it's like a, like a lot of others. I actually find it quite relaxing. Mm. It just feels comfortable, and uh, you know I am myself. I, I guess I guess you could say it's a bit like another persona, but it just feels sort of like natural. I mean, as as I've said to people before, um, I can't really explain why I do it or what makes me do it. And in in recent years, I've I've just come to the conclusion that for whatever reason, it's inbuilt in my DNA, mm. and I don't know why. And you know, this is just how I am. And it makes you happy and it's not hurting anyone, so you might as well crack on, right? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Life's too short, you know. If you like something, go and do it, enjoy it. But when was the time you felt confident enough to actually tell another human being about it? The first time would be when I visited Patrick at Wowman in Manchester, who, who you know Patrick, don't you? He has also been interviewed for Coming Out Stories podcast, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> when I went to visit Patrick for the, first, for the very first time, Patrick was the first other human that I had actually basically told my, my secret life story to. And it was just so liberating and refreshing to be able to tell somebody my whole life story and what I did. Why Patrick? And remind people who he is and how you contacted him. Patrick's a, a guy in Manchester who's a professional makeup artist, but he's also a cross-dresser. He runs a transformation service whereby 
you go to Patrick, there is a dressing service involved, or you can take your own clothes, but Patrick will do all the makeup transformation on your face mm. and wigs to make you pass off as a presentable female. I first got wind of Patrick from people going on about him on, on Twitter. It was all just positive reviews. And I thought, this needs investigating further. So I went to his website. I read the uh, testimonials done by Jesse, Carrie and Maurice. The photographs are absolutely outstanding. And I honestly thought to myself, if this is what one person can achieve and photograph, it was like this, this is what my whole life had been leading to. I thought about it for over a week or so and I came to the conclusion that if I don't do this and go and visit Patrick, it's going to be one of my biggest regrets in my whole life. Because I'd always dressed, but it was like the head that was always letting me down, <laughs> if you know <laughs> what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> so I ummed and had it about it for a week. I made my mind up and I thought, this is something I have to do. And I'm so glad I, I did it. So glad. I had a trip over to Manchester and uh, the results were extremely positive. And you had all photos done as well. Was it like seeing yourself almost like a new person, really? Yes, it was. The first time I saw myself in the mirror after Patrick had, had made me up, it, it, it was unbelievable. I mean, I'll be honest, when I went over there, I didn't honestly know how I'd turn out. <laughs> <laughs> didn't really know what to expect. But, uh, you know, once Patrick had done it and once I'd got changed into, into my military uniform, which is what I wanted to be photographed in for the first outfit, I can remember walking through and Patrick seen me for the first time. And he, if I remember rightly, I think he just says, wow, you look absolutely amazing. That's so, the biggest compliment you could ever get, isn't it, really? Indeed it is. It's, it was just so wonderful. Why military outfit, Rachel? Yeah, that's a strange one. It's again, that's just another one of my sort of like side hobbies. In that, um, I'd I'd always liked and thought that certain women in military uniforms they just look so smart and very classy. I just thought to myself, rather than do just like the normal female clothes, maybe just do something a bit different. And I'd seen that uh, on the web, the Russian female military when they're in the parade dress they look so very smart it's like in a, a proper suit with a pencil skirt they actually allow them to wear high heels as well when they're on parade funnily enough and uh, i just thought that is such a fantastic look and uh, i could quite easily replicate that with a suit jacket and a pencil skirt and just adorn it with proper russian military badges and a hat and um, basically that that's what I did. <laughs> and very dapper you do look too, Rachel. Well, thank you very much. Well, Patrick <laughs> was the first person that you really told face-to-face -face then. And how did that feel to share that information with another human being? Oh, it was, it was like the biggest weight had just been lifted off my shoulders. To, to actually tell somebody and the person you're telling is essentially like you and just gets you and fully understands what you've been through to get to where you are. It was, it was life-changing, to be honest. It was wonderful. And have you told anyone since? Yes, I have. Just before Christmas, I came out to my closest female friend who I've known for 22 years. 
she said to me before, I'm like the brother she's never had. And mm. she, to me, is like the sister I've never had. Always had a close relationship. And I I ummed and ahed about whether to tell her or not. This is after I'd been to see Patrick. Mm. And um, I just wanted to tell her. And I knew that out of everybody that I know, she'd be the one person out of anybody who'd probably be the most receptive to me telling her about who I really am. I took some advice off some friends I've made on Twitter regarding this as well, and they gave me some very good sound advice, so much in saying that uh, in their experience, coming out to a close female friend was generally the better outcome than coming out to a male, a male friend. With that advice on board, I plucked up the courage uh, one night before Christmas, I came out to her and she was absolutely fantastic about it. No questions, no judgment. She was just happy that I'd found my ad- my identity and that uh, I was still the same person to her and she still loves me for it. Oh, you obviously chose your friends wisely. I, I'd certainly like to think so. It, it was just such a wonderful moment and and to be just accepted with a, without judgment is is just the best outcome you could wish for. So have you ever come out to anyone else? Have you come out to any of your male friends or, or maybe even anyone at work? Uh, no, that that so far is a definite no. My, close, my closest and best male friend, who I've known for 45 years, in all honesty, he knows nothing about this side of me whatsoever. And I've never given him any reason or inclination to suggest that I have this other persona, as it were. At this stage, I honestly don't know if I'd ever tell him. It could either go two ways. Either he accepted it and says, I don't really care as long as you're happy, or I could burn my bridge and it could destroy a 45-year friendship. Sometimes that's a chance you take, but I think for the time being, it's probably best that it's just left as it is and that he doesn't know anything. So you're not prepared to risk the friendship ending, I guess? At this stage, I would say no. Definitely not. And what about work? Are you close to anyone there? No, basically I can't stand anybody I work with, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is the truth. Remind us what you do. I'm guessing it's quite a butch environment. Yeah, I work in a warehouse and I'm a forklift driver, so uh, there's only one other lad I work, I work with in the warehouse. And uh, But t- to be honest, um, it's, it's just never been the the thing or the place where any of this sort of like conversation would would ever crop up, to be honest. I think it would just throw up more, more problems than nobody knowing anything. There's no reason for them to know, to be honest, because essentially it's all done in private. No, that's a big no-no, I think. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> so what about partners then, Rachel? Have you had uh, girlfriends or partners in the past? I've had girlfriends, but it it's never been anything serious or or of any longevity, shall we say. Yeah. <laughs> so you've, you've never come out to any of them then, no? No. Yeah, that, that would have been more of a, more of a tricky one, but uh, the relationship never, never lasted the distance enough to actually get to that stage of actually even thinking about doing that. So. And what about family then? Are the, are the family still around, or would you ever consider telling anyone in your family? Well, actually, my family... Well, my mum and dad did know. They they found out when I was about uh, twenty four or twenty five. That was that was weird. 
essentially, my dad, he's, he never spoke to me about it when he found out. My mother did all the talking and uh, she just basically said to me, uh, your father's very disappointed in you. And obviously, he, he was from the generation that grew up during the Second World War and my mother just basically said, he's very disappointed in you and in, in his eyes, a man's a man and there's nothing else in between. That's just the way generations were conditioned back then. My mother was a bit more understanding and we had a, we had a talk and, you know, she asked me, you know, why are you, why are you doing it? And, you know, you know what, what's going on? And even back then, I couldn't really give her any answers because I didn't really know myself why I was doing it. I just, I just did it and you never knew why. I think in the end, you know, I think my mother tried to understand that I was going through something and but I couldn't give her any definite answers so I think in the end she just accepted that this is what I did but I also think she thought that maybe you know in a couple of years I'd grow out of it you know find a girlfriend get married settle down have kids but that didn't happen so <laughs> mm. so how did they find out then did they come home early from the rugby once no, well, they did a few times, but I was never caught. But uh, <laughs> that actually happened just pure, purely by chance in that I'd, I'd sent off for uh, some catalogues from uh, some mail order companies down in London, which, which did like clothing and, back in them days, transvestite clothing and shoes in male sizes. And whenever I sent off for these catalogues, I always put a, let, a letter in with the post. It just shows how ancient I am, postal orders. <laughs> People were saying, what's one of them? <laughs> so I put a note in saying, you know, please make sure when you send it back, you put my full name on. But as it turned out, I have a brother called Robert. Obviously, we have the same name because my, my real name is Richard. And we both have, this, have the same name, begin with R. And anyway, they'd sent the catalogue back, but instead of putting my full name on, they just put my first initial and uh -oh. then my surname. And anyway, my younger brother, he'd come home from work earlier, he'd seen this envelope and thought, oh, this is for him. So he'd obviously opened it, had a look and thought, no, this isn't for me, this is somebody else's. <laughs> he'd put it back on the sideboard. So anyway, I came, I came home from work about an hour later, saw this on, on the sideboard, thought, oh, my magazines have arrived. So I picked it up, wandered upstairs, and then halfway up the stairs, I realised it had already been opened, and I thought, oh. God, now what do I do? So I took it up into my bedroom. I just thought, oh, I'll just play it by ear. Went downstairs, had tea as normal. Nothing was said. So I thought to myself, oh, maybe I've got away with it. And as the evening progressed, my mum and dad never said anything. So I thought, oh, maybe my brother didn't say out to him. So I left it at that. Went to work the following day. And then when I came home the following day, my mum was doing the ironing. And when I walked in, she says, we need to talk. So my mum and dad had, ob had obviously seen the catalogue. She said to me, you know, gather all your clothes and your magazines and just put them in bin liners and throw them in the bin. And I'll come upstairs later and we'll talk. And that's when I tried explaining to her why I did it, you know, what was going on, which I, I really couldn't. Essentially, that's how my parents found out. But I have to say, even though we never actually spoke about it ever again, Bless me, mum and dad. They never treated me any different at all. They loved me the same. Never treated me any different, even though they knew. 
because I have heard some horror stories from other people that, you know, the families can disown them, throw them out on the street. Did they make you throw your clothes out, though? Uh, yes. Yeah, they did. I kept some of the magazines. I was very crafty and I, I salted them away. But uh, all of the clothing I'd, I'd bought at that stage, yeah, all went in the bin. And how, how was your brother about it, then? My brother doesn't know. And to be honest, he's never mentioned it. I honestly don't know what he's ever thought, but uh, he, he's never mentioned it or brought the subject up. Mm. So I really couldn't tell you on that one. Oh, but you're obviously in a better place now, Rachel, because you are definitely very out and proud as a crossdresser on Twitter, aren't you? So that must be a bit of a development for you. Indeed it was, yes. Basically, after I'd done the photo shoot with Patrick, I, I actually asked Patrick, would it be possible for you to just post a few pics on Twitter? You know, just let everybody know that I'm sort of like out there. And Patrick kindly did. And to be honest, we had a fantastic response to the pictures that Patrick posted. And then he, he said to me, you know, you should really open your own account and, and just get on board Twitter and meet other people and uh, post your own pictures. There does seem to be a really good connectivity, a real community online, actually, for people who are gender fluid or, or cross-dressers, right? There is indeed. Up until me going on Twitter, I, I, I didn't really know that there was such a caring, loving community out there. But uh, And I can say that uh, some of the first people who commented on the photographs that Patrick posted, luckily I can class them as really good friends now. Basically, they've been on board with me right, right from the start, which is fantastic. And I've made so many good friends on Twitter. And a lot of us have actually, it turns out, have got a lot of the same interests, apart from obviously who and what we are. But mm. we've got a lot of other interests out, outside as well, which we can all share, which is great. Have you got the confidence to go out um, while dressed now then? No. To be honest, it's simply because it, it's the whole face makeup side of it. That's the part I myself know nothing about. Mm. And, uh, you know, I'm where I am all alone as it were but uh, i had seriously considered possibly going to sparkle this year but obviously with all the covid malarkey going on that's all got cancelled but uh, that won't be happening but i was just thinking actually sparkle would be perfect for you yeah and to be honest a few of the close friends on twitter who had been with me from the start they had actually said to me you know had you actually considered going because will be going and if you do go we'll be able to meet up you know it's not like you'll be there on your own kind of thing which i thought was really sweet it's one of the most fantastic celebrations ever it's the world's biggest uh, transgender and non-binary celebration really it's fantastic yeah that's what i'd uh, I'd, I'd read up about it on twitter and uh, some of my friends had actually sent me some photographs of previous ones they'd been to and uh, i think if anything that would probably be the place to go out as rachel unveil yourself <laughs> yeah as it, as it were yeah <laughs> so before we go then rachel would you have any words of advice for other people that may identify as a cross-dresser be true to yourself and if this is the way you want to go then don't be scared of doing something about it you know even if it's for the first time like i did just go to uh, a dressing service like patrick runs that'll transform your life big time and then possibly like me afterwards that gives you such a confidence boost in seeing what can be achieved that you feel comfortable telling close friends 
Well, like you said to me, Emma, you know, choosing your close friends carefully is probably one of the other best bits of advice I could give as well. The other thing I've found, Emma, as well, is that by also talking to the friends I've made on Twitter, a lot of us are all in the sort of like same age bracket, give or take 10 years. Mm. And a lot of what we went through when we were younger, it's like a parallel story of, of your own. You know, a, a lot of what we did and what we went through was, was so similar, and yet we are all on our own, not known of anybody else. Because don't forget, this is in the days before mobile phones and the internet even existed. Absolutely. So you mean in, similar in terms of the fact that you felt very isolated and like you were the only person doing it and doing it very secretly? Yeah, and, yeah, and, and to be honest, you know, um, when, you know, when you started doing it, you, know, you, you honestly thought to yourself, you know, why am I doing it? Why, why am I wired differently? Am I a freak? We all went through the same sort of like routines and stories and then later on, as I did, you know, you discover the internet and you dis discover like Twitter and uh, a lot of parallel paths, even though we nobody knew of each other. And I, I think there's a lot of parallel paths to being gay there as well, actually, in terms of, you know, really internalising it and not telling anyone, thinking that you're a freak. Do you think that um, there's a bigger community now for cross-dressers, whereas there, there probably wasn't in the past? I would definitely say so. I'll be honest, when I joined Twitter, I, I was absolutely astounded at how many other people are on there who were, I would class as like me. It's quite staggering. And up, up until last year, when I, when I came out to myself and discovered all this, I'd never really wanted to pursue it or or find out if there was a load more people out there, which, which I know that might sound a bit strange, but I was just sort of like sailing on through life, doing what I did. Yeah, quite happy with it, you know, and uh, just, take, just take it as it comes sort of thing. But the actual amount of people like me on Twitter is it, it's quite staggering, to be honest. And it's so nice to finally feel part of a community, I guess. Oh, definitely, definitely. I'll be honest, it's actually transformed my life. You know, and a year ago, if you, you know, if you'd have said to me, oh, this is going to happen to you and you're going to do this, you're going to do this, I'd have just laughed in your face. Yeah, of course I will, of course I will. It really has been life-defining life for me. Yeah, it really has. So would you say at the age of 53, you're probably happier than you've ever been? As, as regards to myself and what we've been just been talking about now, I would say yes, definitely. It's like 40 years of, essentially a lot of it, could have been classed as suppression of to who I really am. It's all just been released and it's just been lifted off my shoulders. Yeah, I would say I'm probably happier now in that respect than I ever have been in my, in my life. And the great thing is I can share it now with so many other people and everybody you talk to, they all know where you're coming from. They get you. Yeah, it's fantastic. It really is. Massive thank you to Rachel for sharing her story, particularly as coming out as such a recent experience for her. It's a real shame that Sparkle isn't going to take place this year. It's probably the world's biggest celebration for trans, non-binary people and cross-dressers. It takes place in Manchester every July, but of course it won't be happening this year because of the uh, pandemic. However, I have just been on their website and they do say they're planning a series of smaller events uh, in Manchester, England later on this year. More information at sparkle.org.uk. Please do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. And we'd also really appreciate it if you'd find the time to leave us a rating or a review. 
find out more about coming out stories, ask us a question, or even offer your own story for an interview, you can follow us on Twitter at Come Out Stories or at Coming Out Stories Pod on Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. I'm Emma Goldswell, and Coming Out Stories is edited by Sam Walker and is a What Goes On Media production. Next time round, you'll hear from Phil, who's a gay pilot from South Africa. He very nearly came out before he was ready, at a time when he had a boyfriend that his parents knew nothing about. So I was lying in bed, and I wanted to send him a text message Mm -hmm. uh, to say happy anniversary. And I was thinking of my mum as well, because I wanted to write goodnight to my mum. And instead of sending the happy anniversary message to my boyfriend at the time... I sent it to my mom.